welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Welcome to another episode of Closing the Wealth Gap. I'm your host, Tyrone French. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. If you value this content, uh, please do me a favor. Go to closingwealthgap.net. Uh, hit that follow button. Uh, it would really help us out. Again, you can also check me out personally at uh, www.tyronefrench.com. Uh, we have a lot of information there uh, that's going to help you out as far as getting you on the right track. Also, I have a mobile app that you can uh, actually download into your phone for uh, free. Price is free. We try to make the price um, as right as possible. And a lot of people tend to like free, so that's what we did. Uh, you just text Tyrone French to 36260. Again, text Tyrone French to 36260. And we'd like to remind everybody out there, this this show is about um, uh, informational purposes or for informational purposes only and for entertainment. Uh, we're not giving invest, investment advice here, but a lot of times we do talk about uh, our own personal experiences. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to bring in uh, my favorite guy in the whole worldwide world <laughs> oh me mr mr paul roberts how you doing paul i don't even know how i'm doing today you told me today's topic two minutes ago and i'm thinking this is gonna explode this is this is just gonna we're, we're gonna have, we're gonna have people uh, up in arms you know our, our nation is so divided right now oh. and you know a lot of people we don't talk to one another anymore. That's the truth. We, and we, we yell at one based, another or we don't listen at all. And right. we, we dig in based on our perceptions and based on our experiences and based on our conditioning. Right. And I tell you what, um, I was watching I was watching a, a YouTube channel a couple of days ago. And, you know, I normally give this uh, illustration of an elephant, a baby elephant <laughs> that's conditioned uh, to, to act a certain way when it gets older. And so what they'll do is they'll take that baby elephant and they'll put a chain around one of his legs and that, that baby elephant will try to get away from that chain and that stake. But over a period of time, it realizes that it's impossible to do. So it just gives up. So fast forward uh, 10 years in the future, that elephant still remembers all the struggle that it went through, all the pain trying to get away from that chain. So now they could just put a small rope around his leg and it'll never try to get away. Mm -hmm. So the other day uh, there was a scientific study where uh, they had these, a jar of fleas and they put hundreds of fleas in this, in, inside this just jar container. Mm -hmm. And so when it didn't have a top on it, the fleas were jumping out of the container. So finally, what they did was they put it was like a just a regular jar. You're making me sneeze they, here. You're talking about fleas here. I feel all of a sudden I feel the need to sneeze here or something, right? But but what they did was they put a uh, a top on top of the jar. Okay. And they left the jar in a lighted area for three days, and when they came back, they opened the j the jar, and the fleas never jumped higher than the top of that jar, and it didn't matter what they did. Didn't yeah. matter. They were conditioned because they knew that they couldn't get out. So they were never going to jump higher than the top of the jar. And what they did was based on the reproduction of those fleas, 
it, it passed down to the next generation of fleas. They never wow. had the ability to jump wow. higher than the top of that jar. Wow. So, yes, conditioning is a real thing. It's a real thing. And sometimes, even when you're looking at your family members, you know, and, and we love our families. You know, you can't pick your families, but, you know, you love your families. And so, even back in the day, when you look at um, somebody's name was Baker, mm-hmm. it's because they were the, the, the town baker. Yeah, right. Somebody's name was Farmer. Why? Because they were the farmer. Butcher. You know, the smith, which is the smitty. Right. So, those names passed down from generation to generation. And so what got my attention just based on that conditioning by itself was I was talking to a client last week and I was giving her some, a lot of people don't know, but I'm a a licensed insurance agent for the state of California. Mm -hmm. So I was giving her some advice based on her mother. And so the mother uh, who was a senior citizen has had a limited uh, income Mm -hmm. based on her budget. And so she wanted to increase the life insurance because she was getting to the point where she didn't want to put more money to the policy then she can actually get back because these were smaller policies. Right. So the issue was, I said, well, you can literally take out another policy. You, you, you know, you, you have an insurable interest, so you can take out another policy. Uh, what she said to me, Paul, it floored me. <laughs> she said, yeah. She said, but I don't want to get rich off of my mother's death. Yeah. Ooh. And again, the reason I'm bringing this up is, is because based on conditioning, a lot of people have that same sentiment mm-hmm. that they think that if they buy life insurance, that they're taking advantage of a loved one based on something so morbid as their debt. And what I had to explain to her was generational wealth, mm-hmm. that families have done this for generations and not just with small policies, but with hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of instances, the, the, the matriarch or the patriarch of the family will instruct the siblings to put life insurance on them so that they can co-op uh, cooperatively, um, you know, pay those premiums to whereas the burden is not falling on one individual in the family. Mm-hmm. And then the, the actual beneficiary could be the oldest in the family or it could be a family trust. Mm-hmm. And so now what you're talking about is you're buying money that is income tax free. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of people don't seem to understand that because let's say if you, you, your mom and dad left you, they passed away and left you a 401k or an IRA that was tax deferred. Mm -hmm. And now you get this, this vehicle that is laden with income taxes. Yeah. Right. That you have to pay. And if you don't pay those taxes, um, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. So your, 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 your loved ones never anticipated or never wanted you to get into any type of financial difficulty or tax problems, but that's what they did when they gave you that IRA, mm-hmm. if you don't know how to use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Life insurance is a product that, that is self-completing. It goes to that family um, most of the time um, income tax-free, mm-hmm. and we can also make it a state tax-free as well. Mm-hmm. So when, when I explained to her, that you're not taking advantage and that this is just a wealth uh, strategy that people have used for thousands of years, uh, I mean, or at least hundreds of years. She said that she never looked at it that way, mm-hmm. Paul. 
Yeah, she's thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm going to make money when my mom or my dad dies. Ooh, so, I, I, gee, am I waiting for them to die? Am I hoping they're going to die or something? No, they're hoping that they can leave you something. They want to, for you and your grandchildren and others and the great-grandchildren and others, this is how you start the cycle. And if every generation did this, what would be accrued after two, three generations? Well, it, 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 and it goes back to leaving an inheritance. Yeah. But it, it also gave me the idea of what we we're going to talk about today as far as repar- uh, reparations wow. for the uh, descendants of slaves. Because not only are, are we dealing with that, uh, the, the deficit of having uh, the generational wealth, but you got to kind of look at the, the systemic racism that was going on based on uh, people not even being able to be, they're not, they couldn't even have the opportunity to buy life insurance. They couldn't even they couldn't even buy life insurance, Paul. Couldn't buy anything for a long time. A lot of they couldn't even accumulate certain assets that no. they could pass down uh, to the next generation. So, in California, in San Francisco, they got they're doing a study, and what they're saying is that uh, what they want to do is provide reparations for descendants of slaves, mm-hmm. and they threw out a dollar amount. Now, this is not going to be finalized. It's still in the uh, preliminary stages. It's not going to be finalized to, um, or they're not going to make come to a. Uh, um, it's not going to be a conclusion in, in in June of this year, 2023, but they're going to be on the right track as far as trying to figure out what the dollar amount is, and so a number uh, that they put out there was five million dollars, um, for descendant, and the NAACP actually uh, balked at that, and a lot of people took offense to the uh, NAACP objecting to why would you object to a dollar amount based on uh, descendants of slave when it could actually help the community. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people just didn't seem to understand is that they understand finance. They understand economics. They understand wealth. Mm -hmm. And so African-Americans, we represent 12% of the population. Mm -hmm. If you give somebody five million dollars with no financial education oh, yeah and no financial literacy uh, uh, case in point a lot of lot of uh, um, people win the lottery yes and they studied this they've tracked it they win the lottery and maybe five years after that not only are they broke but they're in debt mm-hmm. and they're finally bankruptcy and it destroys their lives. It destroys their family lives. But really, guess what happens to that money, Paul? It really, it it just it leaves the the hands of the person that is financially financially illiterate, and it goes right into the hands of the person that is financially literate. Yeah. So it would destroy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I mean, if we represent. Uh, 12% of the population, I would say that it would destroy 6% of the population right off the back. Everybody would spend like a moment. drunken sailor. Everybody would just go out and waste it and blow it. And and and, and the predator, like they say, when you win the lotto, they try and keep your name secret because immediately people descend on you. Oh, a needy cause. Oh, a great get witch scream. Uh, some other crazy thing. And people fall for this stuff. And all of a sudden, they get taken advantage of. In the same way, I'll give you another shocking statistic. I wish I could remember the exact number. We had a representative from the NFL Players Association in here. NFL Players Association. 
And they said, not talking about the handful of superstars, I'm not talking about the couple that we all know, right. I'm talking about the majority of people who play pro football become broke and in debt and in distress by the time their career ends. Right. Because many of them came from nothing. They came from humble beginnings here. And it isn't just African Americans. It's every color into the spectrum here, right? Kid from uh, the farm right. in Ohio. The kid it's from financial, it's, it's about financial literacy. literacy. So, yes. literacy. And these kids hit the jackpot, they think. They're suddenly making millions of dollars after all this. And every relative, every friend descends upon them. And they just suck them dry. And every get-rich scream. And they throw it away and blow it in big lifestyle and everything. And I, rem- I I saw this, you know, I, everybody knows I worked in Hollywood for a little while as an entertainment publicist. I'll, I'll never forget there was a, I was working on a show called Chips. Remember Chips, the motorcycle yes. show? I had a good client that was on Chips. And uh, somebody signed on for the last season of Chips as like, not to star, but, you know, like a, another recurring character. And the first thing that per- actor, I still remember his name because he disappeared right after this. But his first deal was when he got the assignment, before he got his first check, he went out and bought a multi-million dollar house, assuming that he's going to make enough through the coming years. And the show got canceled the next year. Right. And he right. didn't make multi-millions off of one season, the last season of Chips. And he, I, I don't know what happened, but he disappeared in obscurity. And I thought, how stupid! The, the first thing you're going to do is go buy a big mansion. Why don't you, why don't you do the work first and see how well it pays out, and get a financial planner and figure out the future of how to do this. But Paul, you perform based on your knowledge, your knowledge level at that time. Yeah, right. And so, based on where he was, based on knowledge, uh, it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. And the people that were around him on that same level. We're probably encouraging him to do it. Yeah, you're made because it. they didn't know any better either. Yeah, and again, here's the thing: I am not against reparations. I am I'm for reparations, but I am not. I am I'm, I'm against reparations without education. Or for one big, is this come as just one big check? You just get what just arrives in the mail, and suddenly well, again, you're, there's, there's you're still a millionaire. Debating, uh, whether it's, whether it's just going to be a cash payment or uh, what I would prefer, just like if somebody passed away and the insurance company uh, could give them a large check. Or they can do what's called a settlement option. And mm-hmm. so they can break it down and break down payments. But here's the thing. Uh, I would be more inclined to uh, states and federal governments saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to we're going to give you an annuity. Yeah. We're going to set an annuity aside, just like uh, uh, someone like Social Security. Uh, have a fund that we're going to give you an annuity. And let's say that annuity is for X amount of dollars per year. Mm-hmm. And not only is it for you, but it's for. Uh, your descendants, your kids, and your grandkids as well. Yeah, again, and that could be true generational wealth. But again, if you give a large dollar amount to somebody that, that's financially illiterate, uh, and then that's a one-time deal, um, not only did they mess up themselves, but they messed up future generations as well. Yeah, interesting. I never, never. Hey, but I'll give you, but I'll give you another case. Never heard this. Right. Um, Mike Tyson. Yeah, uh, I'm on social media this this morning. Just. You know, going through and checking uh, my, uh, my, you know, various uh, yeah. social media sites and stuff. And all of a sudden, this pops up uh, on LinkedIn. And it talks about Mike Mike Tyson generated over $300 million in his career. Wow. Before he retired boxing in 2003. But he was 30 to $60 million in debt due to bad financial habits. 
he blew $300 million and then some. Wow. But here's the, but here's the other side of the story. Once he's once he put himself once he got around the right people mm-hmm. and he began to educate himself, what he did was he built a one million dollar a month cannabis business. He has a podcast now. He I know he's big. Five hundred thousand yeah. people per month listening to his podcast, and he earned like ten million dollars just from an exhibition fight. So now basically he worth he's worth about four uh, four hundred million dollars. Worked his way back. But up. he had to go through that. He went through that. So wow. that other people can see or could see that, yeah, he made all of that money without education and without having a good team around him. And he blew it. And the minute he, I guess, you know, he had an uh, aha moment and the right people came into his life. And that could be the right spouse. It could be the right business manager. It could be the right attorney. Could it be could the be right, the right podcast he tuned into one day. The that, right podcast right. with the right audience. But he got back on track. Aha moment means anyway, suddenly it hits you like a light bulb goes on. (laughs) Oh, man, what am I doing? So, again, I want people to tune in, listen to this show, and give us some feedback. You know, just go to Tyrone at TyroneFrench.com. Send an email. Uh, Give us some feedback based on what what do you feel about reparations? How do you feel about reparations? Uh, What form do you think reparations should come in? Because some people even look at education. Let's start giving college scholarships. Out yeah. to individuals. Oh, that would be, that's intriguing. Does it have to be money? Couldn't it be something that would actually advance your life or your kid's life, not just, oh, I'll give you a bunch of money and you blow it? But again, Paul, the reason that it's a delicate topic oh. is because there's a, cause and, there's a cause and effect relationship to everything. So imagine now you have a large population that's receiving uh, millions of dollars that's being now circulated into the economy. Guess what that's going to do to inflation? Yeah, particularly if they run out and, and spend it all immediately, that it suddenly floods the market with free money. Everybody drives price. Every price would get for Why? luxury Why? goods and whatever. Yeah. Why? Because even right now, before reparations, uh, black people represent uh, $1.2 trillion wow. in the economy. Wow. Just based on wealth. And so once that money hits the economy, uh, yes, it's, it's going to cause inflation. But again, what it's doing is you're you're not really think you're spending, yeah. and so again, that money is That's just going to matriculate itself up to the top. The the people who collect money will collect more, <laughs> banks or whatever, and everybody else here. The banks, uh, income tax. I mean, so again, that's another thing. Do you tax this money? You know, is oh, it taxed boy. or non-taxed? So again, they're they're hashing it out. Um, and I, can I ask one? I, and and I, sure. believe me, I'm the only person. This is a hard conversation for somebody who looks like me to even enter into because I don't understand the the but pain. That's why of, you and I are having this conversation. Yeah, this is. Yes. So the one question always comes in my head is, two actually two questions. I'll give you two questions. Who gets it? Because there's an awful lot. How do you trace your lineage? Some people can. And that might be pretty clear cut that I'm the grandson, great grandson or something of somebody who's a slave. But an awful lot of people in America can't trace their lineage past their parents and they don't know anything about their past. And and we've people have intermarried and mixed and all sorts of stuff through the years. It's not like this population stayed apart and stayed alone and everything else you've got. Other, you say you're even part Native Indian, American Indian and stuff yes, here. And we, we all got some 
not all of us, but a lot of us have some mixture of, of people, particularly in the last generation, as the walls have come down and people have intermarried and intermixed and whatnot. And it just seems like you're, it, it's not a clear-cut case, and it seems like it's rife for fraud and for other things or a difficulty deciding, and, and how would it be? You get one, but you don't. Well, I'm, we're both black. We both live in the same community. Ah, but you can't show, but he can or she can. That seems well, I, like I really do think that they're going to do a lot of DNA testing. Uh, they're going to go back and look at records. Because, you know, even mm. during the Civil War, a lot of those records were destroyed. I was going to say, all that stuff's right. got to be gone. And uh, So, you know, a lot of times it's going to be the onus is going to be on the individual. And in my my opinion, as far as, because a, uh, a lot of, you know, black people have family Bibles. Mm, you know, okay. and a lot of these stories again were passed down from generation to generation that can, that can actually put a loved one uh, in a municipality, uh, like my family uh, matriculated from Alabama, mm-hmm. and so there's a uh, there's a cemetery in uh, Alabama, uh, in uh, Baldwin County, uh, where you know there's a church, it's been there for eons, but uh, most of the French's. Uh, with their grave sites and their tombstones are literally uh, on that site. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So again, you know, with, uh, can you trace your lineage that far back? I mean, are you, yes. And and DNA testing and things like that. Again, I don't know the science behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, exactly how they're going to do it. And that's what's being hashed out right now. Uh, I I do believe that it could be, it could be done fairly, um, uh, if it's done properly, but you got to look at there's going to be fraud, waste, and abuse in every system. Oh. And just look at COVID. Look what COVID, happened. Look and they're what happened coming back COVID. with all these scams and stuff here. You know, you had a lot of athletes uh, that were taking COVID money, making millions of dollars. Uh, you had, uh, you know, actors and actresses and business people, and, you know, they were literally just going out there and buying, you know, high end sports cars and things like yeah, that home. that wasn't what it was but intended you know what? for. Uh, chickens, you know, those chickens came home to roost, and they're going back, and they're, they're, they're taking that money back from a lot of these people. Yeah. They're seizing their assets. Well, that's one question that comes to mind, how? And then the other question is, does it open the door? There are other groups out there. Maybe nobody's been enslaved. That's a that's a severe form of something. i tell you what, there's going to be a whole black people. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying I'm, I'm, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's it's coming out of the, coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm gonna go back and look at my ancestry. Maybe I got a one eighth or something here somewhere. But there'll be people in the clan talking about how woke they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and does it open? Uh, then uh, I was listening to discussions. Some Native Americans they say, well, how about us? We were. We weren't maybe totally enslaved, but we were run off the land. We were killed like we were wild animals, and you know we were pretty much. It was a genocidal. Uh, as they came west, there were an awful lot of genocide where they just killed us in mass here, or other groups like that 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 will feel. Well, what about me? That that's well, the one that obviously a, comes to you're mind. You're gonna have a lot of that, but again, um, yeah, you're gonna. You, I mean, people are gonna be coming out of the woodworks. But you got to look at what's you know what what reparations were given to Native Americans just based on reservations and based on sovereignty and based on the business the businesses that they have popping up right now um, that they didn't have to pay you know income tax on. So yeah, it, it's a lot of questions. A lot of things have to be again. I don't. I, I'm not against reparations, but what I am against is mass payment. People getting all of this all of this money. 
these cash settlements without any financial education. That is a recipe for disaster. Why wasn't any of this talked about or discussed in the day? When, when emancipation happened, slaves were freed, the war is over, you knew. Well, it was talked about. You, you, was, you knew was who was a slave and who wasn't a slave. It was, it was the slave owners that got reparations. And <laughs> even when you talk go, go as far back as the Freedman Bank, where right. uh, a lot of African-Americans you know, put their money into the Freedman's Bank and the bank failed. And they lost all of their money. And so to this day, uh, you have a lot of you know, African-Americans that don't trust, you know, they don't trust banks. Really? And so even the, even the banking institution have a, have a name for the uh, people. They're called unbanked. Yeah, I've unbanked. heard that, the unbanked, right. Yes, yes. So, again, I just think that there has to be some type of educational process to undo a lot of the, uh, uh, the negative uh, stereotypes and the stigmas that were, that were placed. Because, again, and again, going back to conditioning and recondition people. Yeah. To understand that now it's not just about you and your lifestyle and your car and your house and your, but you're doing this for uh, generational purposes, which would make sense if you to follow your idea. I mean, I haven't followed it as closely. I know it's been talked about seriously, talked about here in California and other places, and I wonder if there isn't another way other than a one-time payment. That also kind of seems like, well, yeah, we're sorry. Here's a one-time payment. Whereas if you invested this in some way that created generational change or generational education, sending more people to college, a fund, an annuity, something, it would seem like yes. it would have more generational yes. impact and not just a party one weekend, everybody, woohoo! finally, I got something from my great-great-grandfather's you know, problem here. Well, I, I tell you what, I work for uh, Goldstream Air uh, Gulfstream Aircraft here in Long Beach, California. Uh-huh. Uh, a very good friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name, but once he hears his podcast, he's going to know that I'm talking about him. Talking about you. Right. But in our work center, um, they had a, you know, they used to chip in for the lottery. You <laughs> know, and everybody would, you know, put in a few dollars, sure. yada, yada, yada. Uh, I ended up leaving Gulfstream Aircraft, and I guess uh, maybe about six months after that, uh, my work center, they hit the lottery. Yeah. What? And so... Even even lottery winners, um, you have an opportunity of getting a one-time payment or right. stretching out over uh, over a twenty-year period of time. So again, let's say you decided to take the annuity and you became a, th- a spendthrift, meaning that you spent every dime you had and then some. Well, if, if it was an annuity, yeah, you suffered that first year or that first couple of years, but now over a period of time, you've educated yourself, and now you start using the next eighteen payments wisely. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I get it. I, I both sides of the equation too. There's a part of the story and nobody's talked about. It. Everybody's talking about how much and who gets it. Nobody's talking about what happens when they get it or how they should get it or what they. What's the best way to make to make reparations to 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 make some conciliatory gesture? This was horrible. This shouldn't happen. You're you do something as a descendant of one of these people. Somebody and. Uh, talk about the other thing that happened in Los Angeles. I thought this was miraculous. I never thought I'd live to see the day that this would happen. There was land physically taken away uh, from an African-American couple uh, in um, I don't Manhattan know, Beach. Manhattan Beach. I thought it was like Hermosa Beach, yes. Man- Man- Manhattan Beach. And it was on the ocean. And they used this kind of a campground and they the place where 
Yes. Black people could go camp and do some stuff here, and somehow they did all these shenanigans. I don't know what the, the deal of it was, but these people imminent, got— Imminent domain. These people got robbed. They got their land taken. And that just happened a lot, and they're poor and voiceless, and they're black, and nobody said anything. That story persisted, and justice, it took forever, I don't know, 50 years or something, but the city finally gave it—because nobody ever built on it, I guess it was right. a park, I think, or something. Right. And uh, so it wasn't like they had to kick somebody else off the land who didn't, who thought they'd bought it legally or something. This land had sat there. The city owned it. Didn't get developed, so that was unique. And finally, the city handed it back yes. to the descendants of these people. And it's now yes. worth, I don't know, I can't imagine the millions of dollars acre on uh, oceanfront land is or something. But the point is, it wasn't theirs to begin with, and they acknowledged it and gave it back. It took forever. You know, there was a there was a lot of wrongs um, that that are right now being righted. Yeah, amazing. But it goes back to a lot of people are against what's called critical race theory. Yeah, oh, and they whew. think that it's being taught in elementary school and junior high and high school, and it's not. But what's happening, Paul, is that people, the people that went through these times, as far as let's say the forties, the well, would you even say the twenties, uh, uh, sixties, and the seventies? Yeah, right. Um, you know, you got little kids trying to get in to be educated in, in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you have these mobs out there. Yeah. Well, guess what? The mobs now are grandparents. And a lot of the people that were in the mobs that time, they didn't want they don't want their family knowing that they were you know, part of that. They were on the wrong side of history. Yes. You know, I look at um, the picture of Jimmy Jones. You know, uh, the owner of the Famously. Cowboys, That's the one I was trying just, to remember. Who right. said he just happened to be there because he wanted to see what was going on. He was uh, a student know. at the time in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he, there's a picture of Jimmy Jones, little Jimmy Jones, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, and there he is on the wrong side of the protest, standing there as white teenagers and police are trying to block the door from this little African-American girl, this black girl, from coming into uh, uh, high school there. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, that's not the truth. And we get to the point where, again, even look look what's going on in Florida. Again, again, I'm not taking sides on this. I'm not, uh, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm an independent. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And yeah. we get to the point where we're just banning books because yeah. we don't like that particular uh, uh, that uh, narrative. Small group decides that they don't like that uh, story. You know, th they may think that it's pornographic. You know, or they may think that it's profane, mm -hmm. but a lot of the books that they ban. Now, I am not a Bible scholar, but I enjoy reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, and last time I checked, there was a lot of incest in the Bible. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot <laughs> of fooling around there's going a on in there. Lot of rape, a <laughs> lot of adultery, a lot of mayhem. There was slavery. Sla they talk about slaves in the Bibles. Yeah, murder. Yeah, you know. These I people mean, weren't perfect the, back the story then. Yeah. Of Lot, yeah. Uh, killing his own brother. Yeah. So again, you know, there's actually uh, I think it's a, a a woman in Utah. Uh, I'm not mistaken. I think she's in Utah. Somebody can correct me on this. Uh, that decided uh, to file a lawsuit because a lot of books were banned from these um, from these libraries, mm -hmm. and she thought that you know the stuff that was in the Bible was more egregious. So she's trying. <laughs> she's trying to ban the Bible. Trying yeah. to ban the Bible, and again, the, re the re religious writers saying, "No, no, no, we, no, you no. know, we didn't, you know, 
we didn't we didn't want to we don't want to take it that far. Yeah. But you have unintended consequences for right. a lot of this stuff. Paul. Unintended consequences. You're trying to do right. Trying to make make up for a, a, an unbelievable wrong. And yet, do you just make a? I'll give you kind of a weird analogy to take us. Maybe this is the end of the story here, but okay. I have read in numerous cases. It's now well documented that some of the richest people in the planet. These are people who've made more money than anybody's ever made. I'm talking about Bill Gates. I'm talking about Warren Buffett. I'm talking about people who have made more money than any human has ever in history. Signing pledges that not not just that they're going to give away 90% of it or something. Yes. That they ain't going to give it to their kids. Like give them yes. something. And, and yes. they'll be well taken care of. They'll have millions, but they're not going to have billions. Because the assumption is if I give you $100 billion, Junior... I am not helping your life. I am destroying your life. Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. If I just so hand again, this to you. And but I I can relate to that again with with the same thing with reparations. Because I am not by giving you this huge cash payment that you don't it's like putting a, a toddler. Well, I'll say putting a let's say you take a 5-year-old and you give him a uh supercharged Turbocharged, <laughs> 450 horsepower Ford Mustang. Yeah, and sit them in the driver's seat and put their hands on the steering wheel and just put a brick on the accelerator. Yeah, they don't have. I mean, at that point, that's a crash. It, that's a crash waiting to happen. However, right. over a period of time, that same child can grow up, learn how to drive, and understand the rules of the highway. Get ready for it. And be ready and prepared for that opportunity, and they'll probably never have an accident. Yeah. But, again, it, it goes back to preparation. So we need you – know, so maybe the show is preparations there, for reparations here. Maybe it's preparation you for know reparations. Uh, somebody may decide to <laughs> trademark that. Uh, <laughs> we can copyright that, preparations for reparations. I yeah. like that. Because uh, I – I get the sentiment. I get the emotion. I get the, the the feeling for justice, even if it's long overdue. But how, who, what? That seems like uh, ooh, that's a that's a lot of difficult questions to answer, and all that there. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that people are looking at too, they'll say, "Well, you know, um, I didn't have anything to do with slavery. I, I wasn't. I wasn't even born then." Right. Um, which is which is a valid point, but what I, they feel. I to do realize, hear that in my community or friends right. of mine, and, say, and that's why you and I are having this conversation. I yeah. mean, you know, I, you you and I are friends. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we talk. I mean, we've got a podcast. We talk about everything. Talk <laughs> offline about and, the most amazing things. Yeah. And again, you get a fresh perspective based on oh, I didn't look at it like that. Right. Now I understand where you're coming from. But what people fail to understand when they make that argument that you know I wasn't there and I had nothing to do with it. The government was still in place. The mm -hmm. same government that you had then is still here mm -hmm. and today. And you still have the uh, executive branch. You still have the legislative branch and you have, still have the judicial branch. Mm -hmm. And again, without the Supreme Court, a lot of this stuff couldn't have happened. It just couldn't have happened. Well, the famous and people never they don't look at it like that. It's like, okay, you weren't there, but the government was there. Yeah. And so the reparations are now coming from the government. They're not coming from you. 
And you might say, well, I'm a taxpayer. And so I would, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, don't want my tax dollars going to pay for reparations. Well, but as a United States citizen, you're a taxpayer. And so a lot of your money is going towards um, contractors that are building bombs that are being um, sent to right now um, uh, Ukraine. Or to pay off debt that somebody spent a generation ago here. I didn't, I didn't authorize that payment for that, and we're still paying for it as a group. I'll, I'll give you the other unfor- you know, really uncomfortable one. I'm an Irish Catholic, and uh, oh, my God, has the Catholic Church had problems in the last 10 years, and we're making settlements left and right because they're covering up yes. uh, abuse and clerical yes. abuse and priests abusing little boys, and, and they knew it was going on, and they're covering it up, and they're hustling around and all this stuff. And we, I, I, throw, I put in money into the plate every week, and, yes. s- and sometimes I say, and that money's going to pay because you guys did what? Yes. Don't take my dollars example. to pay for your sin. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of the similar feeling. I'm a yeah. member of this group, and my it's dollars are going to pay yes. for somebody else's a previous sin here. It's organ- you know, a lot of people, tell, they'll, you know, they'll say, well, you know, that, that happened a long time ago. You know, get over it. And, you know, you know when I, my tort to that is, or my response to that is, you know, 9-11. 9-11, never forget uh, the Jews, the Holocaust, right? You never know, forget. Never again. Yeah. Never again. But when it comes to African Americans, don't forget about it. That was that you know, happened a long time ago. When actually, if you really think about it, uh, Martin Luther King was killed back in 1968. I remember. Uh, assassinated in 1968. Uh, you had riots going on 1969, even uh, 1970. I remember when I was as a child going to school in South Central LA. Um, some of those hallways were still burnt out from from the riots. Yeah, we all lived. You know, what, and what, again, what a lot of people don't realize is that Martin Luther King Jr. was a father figure for a lot of black people. Oh, huge! Yeah, you know, and to get that 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 gut kick, I remember the day. I remember the funeral, and all the stores were closed. And I I think I was like maybe five years old at the time. And I remember that image of, of, of looking at uh, Coretta Scott King and she had, you know, sitting next to her little babies. And I felt, I mean, it was, I, I could feel the emotion in the room, but then I turned around and my mother was sitting there and just tears was just, just flowing out of her eyes. And it was like, as a child, it was hard to process. And it's like, mom, you know, mommy, what's wrong? You know, and it, you know, don't cry, mommy, don't cry. Yeah. And so again, that that was a reality for a lot of black people. And again, that wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that long ago. Well, you uh, opened the door to a very uncomfortable subject for a lot of people here that everybody, a lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people just like, let's just keep that one closed. It's too far gone. It's too hard to figure out or whatever. But what you did, in my eyes, you opened my eyes to one part of it I'd never thought about. Should it come to pass? Should justice finally have its day in court here? How the heck do you do this without creating more problems? Yes, yes. And again, that's success. Because if you can just, we're starting a dialogue here. And again, we don't have all the answers. I mean, you know, we're not saying we, we, we have all the answers. We're just kind of talking about, you know, current events, what's going on, and how do you solve this problem? 
but I do know that you don't really take somebody um, uh, that's been impoverished and then put them in a situation where um, they can have anything and everything that they've ever wanted without some type of boundaries or assistance or training or help or, or maybe or training or and, and maybe it isn't education maybe it isn't individual payment money maybe it's a community fund or maybe it's a annuity or maybe it's a maybe you get free college for the next three generations or something maybe there's something else that has more of a a, a really change in impact because that's what you're trying to do you're not just trying to if somebody well, what, makes what, reparations like for this, anything Paul, you got look at it like this you have a lot of lawmakers in washington dc Right. That don't have um, common knowledge of common average people that are making these decisions. Well, that's true, too. What they need to do, again, is create a panel of everyday people that that's actually creating ordinary wealth Boy, wouldn't that be? on a daily basis and ask questions. You know, well, what do you what do you think about this? How do you think about this? And talk it and through. Then get a different perspective based on, oh, I never looked at it like that. Yeah. And then come together with a totality. And again, it's never going to be perfect. Um, it's going to piss off other people. Um, you know, it's going to alienate, alienate certain individuals, uh, ethnic groups. But at least we're getting to the point where we're at this, we're starting a healing process in this nation. In and a weird way, what, it's what a lot of people don't, I got, I got to share this and I know we've been, yeah, we're way over here, but that's right. Way over. But, if you look at even uh, police brutality, yeah, another, and another one. If you're looking at, um, you know, whereas uh, a kid can go into uh, a grocery store and kill up a lot of people, or go into a church and kill up a lot of people, white person, but you know somebody else that don't have a weapon, um, that's at a traffic a traffic stop and end up being killed. What what a lot of people don't understand, they see that that as far as they see the brutality. What they don't see is the back end based on the civil judgments that's going on. That is a form of reparations. Yes. Reparations you know, is a repayment for a, for a wrong that's done. So if you poked my so eye yes. out, yes. if you came over here and poked my eye out, I'd take you to civil court and there'd be a reparation. You'd have to pay me a certain amount of money for poking my eye out. You'd be civilly liable for your action causing pain and harm in my life here, if I could prove that, it. Trying to make that person whole again. And yes. and even in those cases, I wonder when I went to law school, okay, let's say you give me a million dollars. They figure out what the lifespan is and what that impact, and they have these formulas, an eye's worth this, right. a hand's worth They've got this right. all figured out in court. My eye, what's my eye worth? Let's I don't know, but let's say it's worth a million dollars. I still without an eye. And if I just exactly. go blow that million dollars, you haven't helped me enough for, for a weekend. I had a great party. I had a great year, but I'm still blind. Exactly. 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 And then factoring in, because uh, a lot of a lot of benefits from the government, they have the uh, they have colas or cost of living adjustment. Yeah. Just so you let, let's say if you got a cat. Remember, the, there was a commercial about with uh, Larry L. Parker. Yeah, with this guy, he said Larry H. Uh, Larry Parker. Pa Larry, Larry H. Parker got me 1.2 million or two, right. whatever it was, but his health, his health expenses over a period of time yeah. was way more than that. Right. Yeah, his healthcare costs was. was I knew somebody did that was in a car accident, a young 
a friend of a friend. They were she was young and she thought she'd hit the payday because she got like twenty grand. Somebody rear-ended her. I'm fine. Hey, I just lucked out. I got twenty grand. She went to one of these attorneys. She got like twenty grand. They paid it with nothing else. She continues to have problems the rest of her life. Yes. She wasn't anticipating neck pain, back pain. That, that twenty grand, you she'd give that twenty. She'd gladly give that twenty grand back not to have that pain and misery. I agree. I agree. The money isn't what, enough. Yeah, right. We, we're going way over, but this is what I want to do. Okay. Okay. I just want people. I mean, if you're in, if you like this content, you know, go to closingthewealthgap.net. Like I said, hit that follow button. Uh, go to my website, tyronefrench.com. There's a lot of information, great information there. But download my app. You yeah. Know, as far as having my business in the palm of your hand, just text Tyrone French to three six two six zero. That's Tyrone. Text Tyrone French three six two six zero and you know let's open a discussion let's talk about this and um you know can it be discussed in an open way or is everything going to get emotional and people are going to yell one way or another never what's wrong with you absolutely forget it whatever is there a way to have what we've tried to do here a very complicated civil civil conversation about something that's very Filled with lots of emotion, lots of yes. history, and lots of feelings around yes. it here. Thank you for there. I tell you, the best idea you came up with is everyday people who are uh, everyday wealth, ordinary. What do we say? Ordinary wealth for everyday people here. <laughs> ordinary wealth for everyday people. I say we should have ordinary discussions for everyday people. We should have more say in how these things are done. We'd have more sense than some panel of multimillionaires sitting in Washington here. I agree, buddy. Okay. I agree. Fascinating discussion. I didn't know how we'd get through this, but we did. Whew. Okay. <laughs> All right. See ya. Take care, Paul. That's our show for this week. Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio.net.